listening to What The Truck. Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to What The Truck on this beautiful Monday afternoon. I'm the dude, Michael Vincent, and he's Dooner. What's going on, Dooner? Let's crush it this week, brother. All right. How are you? (laughs) Well, first things first, speaking of crushing it, my uh, five-year-old and I, we crushed this out over the weekend. Be prepared. Yeah, yeah, I saw dude. the I saw the uh, pictures on LinkedIn. That's pretty bad. Yeah, man. How many I, pieces was that? Uh, oh, uh, you know what's really cool? Nineteen sixty nine. To commemorate the uh, the year oh, the rocket no went up. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's a little so cool. They uh, their engineers on that one. Yeah, a little cool inside <laughs> wrinkle. It's actually an, a Lego ideas project, but you know, I've uh, I've kind of developed a Lego addiction during lockdown, during quarantine. A lot of like normal things that we can't do. So. We started building these big Lego sets, my kid and I, and uh, I don't know. We do like one a month now. I'm, re- I'm really, really into it. This one kind of has a second usage, too, because, you know, eventually we'll be doing space waves. But uh, I don't know. Very excited. Have you picked up any new habits while you've been stuck in a lockdown? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, and no- nothing extremely new to me. I've always been into music and playing guitars and, and uh, learning music, that type of stuff. But I-, I started to learn really music theory and then writing songs and stuff. And then I wrote a couple songs. I wrote one for my wife, which I will not sing here right now. I'm a horrible singer. Maybe someday on Play It Forward. But uh, so my eight-year-old daughter wanted to start learning guitar. So I've got her a little guitar. And now she's starting to learn. And it's, it's really amazing, Dooner, because you put it on your post. And amen to what you were saying. The interaction with your with your kid and the life lessons and teaching that goes on while you're interacting, doing these different things is amazing. No, I agree. Oh, and by the way, engineers in the back, a couple of people in the comments are saying the, uh, the audio is sounding a little crickly. So if you can do something about that, that would so be me personally. You I want me to do something? No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the link to oh, the volume. Right. Someone on LinkedIn is saying it. So the engineers in the back, if you can do something about that, you're getting a lot of feedback, according to those guys. So. Uh, any help there would be awesome. Uh, speaking of uh, a little feedback, uh, baseball kicked off, right, or or threw off last week. Quick shortened season. Miami Marlins, 14 players tested positive over the weekend after a series with the Philadelphia Phillies. So I don't know, man. Baseball may already be done. Yeah, it, it, it really could be with some with news like that, right? I mean, <sighs> that that is not good news, except for the fact that my Cleveland Indians are in first place, right? So if it's short, <laughs> there you go. Uh, there's about like a 14 team two way t- uh, tie at, uh, t- at at two to one. So it's anybody's guess on oh. on who wins this one, man. Maybe they'd play the rest of it virtually. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to get to. And speaking of that, speaking of COVID, a lot of businesses trying to contend with it. All businesses doing different measures. We'll get to that in our first headline. But before we get there, let's tip the band. Connect to win with Redwood Connect, supply chain integration platform from Redwood Logistics that connects every last part of your supply chain, turning logistics maze into a freeway. It connects your disparate, hard-to-manage silos using a drag-and-drop system that's so easy. It feels like magic. Learn more about Redwood Connect at redwoodlogistics.com. Michael Vincent, should we get to those headlines? Right on, dude. Let's do it. Let's get to the headlines. Let's talk about this. Let's do it. Brokerage employees. Brokerage employees are upset about remote work options despite the COVID outbreak. Clarissa Hawes was looking into this when she reports that at least 18 employees who work at Total Quad Logistics Corporate Headquarters near Cincinnati have tested positive for COVID-19 since late June, including six new cases as of last Friday. However, current employees are saying this, that they're upset that TQL, the second largest freight brokerage in the U.S. with nearly 5,000 employees, in 57 offices across 26 states, is not allowing their employees to work remotely. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> TQL again, huh? <laughs> Some yeah. said that they're allowed to work remotely, but if they, if they or a family member has a weakened immune system, but others have expressed concerns that about possibly contracting the highly contagious virus, obviously, have been asked to provide a doctor's note uh, to human resources if they want to work remotely. So what, they have to get a prescription for working remotely, I guess. But one employee who works at one of TQL's 57 offices and spoke on the condition of anonymity, I do not know how many are still working from home, but it is very few. <laughs> yeah, the employees went on to say, right, those who work remotely feel pressure to return daily. So the ones who are even outside, and I know that I've been in a brokerage, you know, when you call in sick, you always get that evil eye. You, you know that they're they're lurking at you, man. They want you back in the office. TQ employees confirmed to FreightWaves that masks are required, so they are requiring some of these mandates in the office. But the problem is that they're not being enforced. So people are saying, you know, we got to make 100 phone calls a day. It's really hard with a mask on. I understand that. You know, in our own office, we have to wear a mask. It, it can yep. be a challenge. Nobody likes wearing masks. And making 100 phone calls, like, uh, uh, that's, it's a strange excuse to make, too. It's like, okay, 100, yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of cold calls you got to make at TQL, I guess is what they're saying. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. If I was working in there and I had to make 100 phone calls a day, or I could be working at home, being just as productive or even more without a mask on, I would choose to be at home doing it without the mask on. They're, they're not fun to wear. And Ken Oaks, chief executive and co-founder of Cincinnati-based TQL, has faced harsh criticisms from current and former employees about the company's handling of as many as 700 employees who were let go over a three-day period, if you remember back in mid-March amid the coronavirus pandemic, uh, uh, Dooner. So it seems like TQL is, is, is struggling to deal with COVID in the correct way. Yeah, they also had a hack. So it's been a tough year for TQL. And um, yeah, according to some of their employees, the decision making that they're now is only making matters that much worse. But it's a tale of uh, it's a tale of another com- companies are going in much different directions with these things and how they decide to protect employees, how they deal with remote work. Rest stops obviously can't do remote work. They have to have people behind the the counters, place like McDonald's stuff to have people. Walmart has to have people working there. Uh, so a lot of these companies are banding together because there's there's not really the national regulations that way we may need to protect these people. So Pilot, who has 780 travel centers under Pilot Flying J, we also got Loves. They mentioned that all of them kicking off during this week. I think uh, McDonald's is as well. Walmart, number of retailers now f- requiring all customers wear masks. And if you've been on the Internet, you've been on Twitter or Facebook, you've seen all the viral videos of some of the reactions that uh, – that people are having this. You know, you're trying to protect employees from this virus. You're also going to protect them from incensed lunatics walking through the door who think their rights are being infringed in a private location. Yeah, exactly. The reactions are are borderline ridiculous in in some cases because you're right. You got McDonald's, Walmart, Kroger, et cetera. And some of their rules that they're putting in place actually go beyond what the local and state requirements are. And I'm not necessarily, uh, I don't think that's a bad thing, right? It continues to spark the debate. And we were talking about this just this weekend on, uh, on uh, Freight Waves uh, Radio on uh, Mad Dog Trucking, right? Yeah, and you know what? We had, a, we, I would say about 80% were, even if they didn't like the mask, they were fine with wearing it into the store. A lot of them had really good messaging about, look, if you don't like it, you're just going to the store to buy something, do your business. There's no need to attack the retail workers. You know, there really isn't. They're just trying to do their job. I mean, what I was saying on there, I was in a store in a in a home improvement store last weekend and a couple walked in, a younger couple, and she was wearing a mask. He was not wearing a mask. And you could just see it on his face. He was daring somebody to say something to him. An employee was at the door greeting people, making sure they were wearing masks. He said, 
she said, where's your mask? He said, I've got it in my pocket. And, and then asked, where's the bathroom and started walking towards the bathroom. About three or four customers turned around and kind of looked at him and started walking towards him as if, you know, put your mask on, buddy. And he finally did. I just don't understand it. And even those that were talking of being against it on the radio this weekend, Dooner, it was mostly because if you think that the mask is what makes you safe completely, that's the issue, right? You got to do all the other stuff, correct? Yeah, you got to wash the hands. You got to you got to do all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're hearing all different arguments that, you know, the microns are too small. The mask doesn't do anything. But, you know, a football smaller than a tire and a basketball smaller than a basket. I mean, if it, if it can prevent it in some way, and I think it can prevent some of the trajectory of this stuff coming out. But more importantly, regardless of that, that's the policy of the place. You know, one caller did call up, though, and he said that uh, nobody's talking about the carnival operators. Nobody's thinking about the carnies who may not be able to work during the time of COVID. And you and I were like, you know what? He's kind of got a point. So we mentioned it to Emily Zink and well, she, she went on her little investigative report of her own and she managed to go past uh, what was calling itself the world's cleanest carnival. I think we have a, a quick video of that. But um, oh, actually, let's see that. Oh, uh, yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> world's cleanest carnival. I have uh, no desire to go to a carnival this year, though. You know, my, uh, my dog will have to wait to get that blue ribbon. Yeah, no, I, I like the uh, I like the foods. I like the you know the different foods that they do. They're like you know deep deep frying you know uh, Oreos and stuff like that, and potato bombs and whatever it happens to be. But uh, yeah, riding the rides always gave me the heebie-jeebies, man. Even since I was a little kid, just knowing that they're kind of thrown up in a parking lot, kind of like you said. It, it brings a whole new meaning to the word terror. <laughs> yeah. Well, volumes just won't quit either. They're up 27% year over year. Craig Fuller, he recently posted this. Is it Christmas in July for truckers? Well, it may be. OTVI breaks a new record in late July, and he writes, in fact, today's number is higher than the COVID pre-stock run-up. He says that there's no signs of a trucking freight slowdown. Uh, despite the economic anxiety, 2020 loads continue to distance themselves comparison-wise up 27% over both 2018 and 2019. What do you make of it and what happens in this? And is the industrial sector waking up? Well, what I make of it is that I mean, the, the economic recovery continues on. And he, he's exactly right when he speaks about and I've talked about it before. There, there is anxiety over there, but it's, it's what if this happens? What if that happens? And so far, we've seen some things happen, but it continues to rise. And, uh, you know, the industrial sector actually does have a pulse. If you look at it and looking through sonar, looking at the different charts, you could put in the uh, uh, production numbers and the, and the orders numbers and the ISM and, and so on and so forth and look at these things. But these are, are lagging indicators. These are measured last month, et cetera. When you look at uh, outbound tender volumes or the OTVI and, and sonar, the number of freight lo uh, loads that are moving, uh, truckloads that are moving, it's actually leading those and predicting where those things are going to go. So if you want to look at what's going on in the economy, yeah, you need those news, you need those indicators. But, hey, the OTVI doesn't lie. It, it, is, it is flying, and actually rejections are higher and inching closer to, to uh, 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 beating out 2018-2019 uh, numbers as well. So optionality and pricing is going up in a spot market. We're going to be talking to Brian Schreiber in a bit on here about what's going on in air freights, what's happening with rates and capacity there. He'll we'll dial into him at the Columbus Regional Airport. But we're going to dial up uh, we're going to dial up Blythe Brumley, the owner at Digital Dispatch, in just a second here. But first, a few shout outs to the comments section. We've got uh, Wayne Craig. He says, hey, guys from Nashville, Tennessee. Janet Turner says, checking in. Happy Monday. Eric Surtis says, I'm your Huckleberry. And he would like a job telling people at, you know, Loves and Pilot to put their masks on. Chris Jolly, happy money. Nicholas Cano, he's uh, checking in from Kenya. 
John Piper says TQL was a tremendous growth story. Will they be able to rebound from this hyper growth and culture issues with their people? I don't know. Sometimes you get you get really big and you lose touch to exactly the pulse of of the people under your roof. Yeah, yeah, they need they need a little bit of help right there. I'm sure they'll recover from it though. I mean, they hyper growth, etc. But yeah, they're they're showing some strains. But all right, let's dial Blythe up. Let's get her. Hi, you hey. reached Blythe Brumleaf. I am not available oh, no. <laughs> at the moment, but if you leave your name, number, and a brief message, I will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, let's. Uh, I'll text her really quick, and I'll tell her to to just call me up when she gets available. Talk to me a little bit more about what's going on in this uh, this rate economy. In this in this rate economy, so I'm looking at it right now in the industrials. So they're they're bouncing as OTVI leads I it right. So they're Blythe they're not setting not 52 week highs, but they're but they're off the bottom end and they're moving forward right now. We did see last week, I guess, in uh, initial job claim, jobless claims did go up a bit. And that's to be, I guess, kind of expected uh, uh, with certain areas shutting down, et cetera. But the industrial economy is going forward. And wh- what are they going to do with the latest uh, uh, expiration of unemployment benefits, Dooner, is, is one of the big questions and the anxiety that is out there as far as where is the economy going to go? So that's 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 one thing. But also in the international freight, when you're looking at imports, maritime imports Hi, specifically that I've been friendly. looking at, they're ma- definitely uh, on the uptick uh, month over month. Now, year over year, they're still down, but they're showing positive signs month over month. They're still up. And it's not just in the the retail e-commerce, um, electronic e-commerce uh, segments that is there. It's manufacturing, it's durable goods, it's distribution, et cetera. Really across the board, you see those oh. numbers going up, which is a solid, it's a good sign for a continued strength in the trucking market. Yeah, excellent. And now we have Blythe on the line too, as, as Michael Vincent was giving a little bit more context to the trucking market. Blythe is the owner at Digital Dispatch, and one thing she does is put context and marketing together for the freight market and for her clients. Blythe, we're so happy you joined us on the air today. Thank you for having me. I, I did listen to my voicemail play over the last show just now. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's quick and to the point, though. It's quick and sends you right where you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're, that's it. In marketing, that's what you're trying to do, right? Hey, before you came on, we were talking about uh, someone called on radio. They said no one had been going to carnivals. But you yourself, you, you went right over to Disney the second they opened. Give us a report from the Magic Kingdom. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I was one of those crazy people who decided to go the week of the annual pass. Pre, or annual pass holder preview opening and it was honestly it was one of the best park days that i've ever had it was super low capacity uh everybody was following the bath protocols uh barely any wait time for any of the rides i rode things that i have never rode in my life and i've been going to disney for my in, in, entire childhood wow so was it just the magic kingdom or you go to all the other different parks I only went to Magic Kingdom because at the time they were holding the, you know, the, I guess the safety qualifications where you could only make a reservation for one park at a time. Now they've opened it up a little bit to where you can make future reservations, um, but you can still only go to one park per day. You can't do the, the, you know, the park hopper where you go to four parks in one day or anything like that. Mm, Good stuff. Well, hey, when I was talking to you earlier, you said, hey, I really liked, uh, uh, I really like the, the topic you did on the rise of education, and you're working on something called Freight School Playbook. What is that all about? It's actually a tool and a resource for other small business owners, other marketers out there, overwhelmed marketing departments or executives to be able to access tools and courses to be able to 
make edits to their website, uh, learn about podcasting, how to get started in it, uh, in-house video, which is one of the more powerful things that I've seen some of these other content creators in the logistics space take advantage of. Uh, but it's just basically offering a resource for other companies to get their feet wet when it comes to their website and their marketing. Uh, basically, a lot of budgets are strapped and marketing is usually the first to go whenever budgets are strapped. But this is a, a resource for other companies out there to be able to take care of those things internally and still have the advantages of what a lot of these bigger companies are doing. Blade, how would you advise a company like TQL, we talked about them in our earlier headlines. They're having an issue with a uh, another outbreak of COVID within their offices. Employees have been struggling to be able to work from home. In fact, they, they had to fire 700 of them claiming that their virtual network for working from home didn't support that many people. They're having some troubles getting getting good messaging out there. What do you tell clients like that who may have damaged messaging or who uh, just want to want to get out there and improve their messaging? I think you have to get in front of it as much as possible. And there are specialty firms, PR firms that, that specialize in crisis management. But for one of those situations, you have to really, especially the executive team, you know, my, boss, or my old boss used to always say the fish thinks at the head. And if you don't have your executive front and center explaining what's going on and how they're trying to solve those problems, then you have a major struggle within the company. And I think that speaks to more of your internal culture than the workers actually working for you. Yeah, that's a solid point, Blythe. And and when you're going through this playbook, uh, the uh, what, what is it called? There, freightschoolplaybook.com. But also, does this talk to more of the small business basics, uh, contract writing, that type of stuff, or or even say those who have been uh, out of work or laid off, et cetera, that don't want to invent themselves again or create something new? Does it cover those type of topics? Absolutely. Right at, at, at this point in time, we haven't launched officially yet, hoping to launch as the, you know, the, I guess the name says by football season. Um, but those are all courses that we're going to be adding into the platform itself. I, I am a small business owner. I come from that background. I want to speak to those small business owners and understand that they're wearing lots of hats and they need to be able to address different situations within their business all at the same time, sometimes multiple times per day. So those are the people that I'm going to be speaking to with that platform in particular. Those courses are all coming, uh, but it's just a situation where I didn't want to overwhelm people too much and, you know, get in there and see, you know, there's a hundred courses you got to take psychologically that, that tends to have a, a, a negative effect on people where they feel like they almost have too much to learn and they just get exhausted and just, you know, keep going about their, their daily business. But yes, courses like that are well on their way. Yeah, you have to learn each aspect of these discipline, especially if you're doing it sort of on a personal branding level. Instead of trying to attack the market, trying to hit every corner at once, you will very quickly overwhelm yourself. And uh, my other advice is you, you shouldn't compare to some of the already established people out there because a lot of them have had to take a very long crawl and you're just starting out. So don't get discouraged by those kind of things. But it's cool you're offering that service because, as we mentioned, TQL fires 700 people. The airline's firing a lot of people uh, with a lot of brokerages getting rid of people. I mean, almost every single company had to get a little bit lean during this time. A lot of people on unemployment. What are some advice you could you could give to the people who are going out there looking for the jobs and for the companies who are looking to grow again and bring people back in? I think it's going to be extremely important to find a culture that fits you. There, there was a piece of advice that I heard recently that if you are actively looking for a job and you want to find out if, if a place is going to be a great fit for where you're going to be working, you want to ask whoever you're interviewing with what was somebody? What was somebody that outshined your your expectations, and how did they overcome certain obstacles? Because then that manager will tell you 
what they value. They will tell you, oh, well, this person came in early, they stayed late, they worked extra hours. And that can reveal a lot about that company that maybe that's not really a good fit. Or maybe they'll reveal something else that makes you feel like they're a really good fit. So I think it's all about just recognizing, you know, during all of COVID, we sort of had, you know, to get back to basics and figure out, you know, what do you really want out of life? What do you really want out of a job? And this is a situation where you can take that perspective into your next career. And so I think asking it important questions like that about your future employer will really go dividends. And then as far as the employers who are looking for employees, I mean, I think there's a wealth of knowledge and and content that's out there now. I mean, you look at LinkedIn, people are posting videos and content every single day. And that's such a wealth of knowledge that you can find out more about your potential applicant before they ever apply. So you can actively be doing recruiting there as well. Blythe, uh, you are braver and bolder than me. I was supposed to go to Disney in March of, of, of this year. It got postponed in September, got postponed again until next year. So I think the closest I may get is that, that Lego Magic Kingdom, which is really pretty in and of itself. Um, but, but Blythe, how do, people, <laughs> how do people reach out and learn more from you? Oh, you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm at Lightroom, B-O-Y-T-G-E-R-U-M, and on also most social media networks. And then if you just wanted to learn more about me or Freight School Playbook, you can just hit up FreightSchoolPlaybook.com. We have a nice uh, waiting list for people who are interested in joining the platform there. Oh, and Zachary Ramirez, he's going to be our guest in a little bit. But he said, love that Blight touched on the power of video marketing. That is 100% an untapped tool in our industry. If you want to tap into it, contact Blythe. Blythe, thank you so much for, uh, for picking up the phone. And I'm glad I got to hear your voicemail. Too. It was very lovely. <laughs> thank you so much today. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Wow. Thank you, Blythe. Mike, uh, you, you, dude, you plan on going to uh, the Magic Kingdom? Uh, no. no? Not, not anytime soon. We, we will be back eventually. But yeah, we like to take the kids there. We like to go down to Orlando and hit the Magic Kingdom and the different parks that are down there. But right now, I'm I'm staying put. I'm I'm playing it safe. You uh, you really good at like hacking the uh the the fast pass and getting through the lines and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We do the fast pass that type. So I got two daughters. They want to see all the all the princesses. So we really just set up everything to, with with fast passes to visit the princesses, and that's it, right? Hey, Brian, uh, we got Brian Shriver on the line now. We were just talking a little bit about Disney. Brian, uh, he's the manager of air cargo business development at the Columbus Regional Airport Authority. He's also a uh, former, well, I guess not former, always you're once an alum, you're always an alum, Ohio State alumni. Once an alum, always alum, Oh, Ohio, brother. They can't strip that from you, can they? Uh, I don't think so, not unless the school does something really bad and old, but I don't see that happening. Well, you know, hey, Brian, you know, we, we talked, I, I believe it was about a month ago, and uh, the, we were kind of trying to get an idea of the right picture on Inland. We were talking to you about what was going on in Columbus with air freight. I know that Rickenbacker had a record June for air cargo and uh, not too dissimilar to what's going on in the ground. But give us some context to what you're seeing from your position. What's the air freight market looking like right now? Sure. You're mentioning that it might have been uh, Christmas in July for trucking. It could possibly have been Christmas in June for the air freight market. Um, Although the rest of the year remains to be seen, there's generally a peak in air freight at the end of the year, and it all revolves around Christmas. So door stockings in advance of Christmas, and then we have uh, an express package peak leading up to Christmas. And those generally, you know, happen between September and November. Uh, In June this year, we beat our prior November record. Um, by about 28% on the international side. So it uh, remains to be seen what happens in the retail market for the remainder of the year and for Christmas. But uh, 
it was definitely Christmas in July at Rickenbacker. Or in, in June, was July as strong as June? I'm sorry, it was Christmas in June. My bad. We were <laughs> right. talking about trucking. Yeah, we were talking about cr- trucking being Christmas in July. Uh, July yeah. numbers for air freight remain to be seen. It could have been Christmas in June at Rickenbacker for air freight. Gotcha. Gotcha. What, is there any, uh, what about the freight mix? Do you have any insight onto the freight mix of what was, what was moving? Was it different than the, than the, you know, the PPEs and so on? Um, still a lot of PPE, but we did see, uh, some retail waking up, which is a good sign. Um, it's always healthy when we start seeing our retail shipments come back online, the normal shipments. Um, but still a lot of PPE that's starting to wane. Uh, but there are some product releases in the pipeline that kind of correspond with the normal air freight peak, some electronics releases for phones and, and video game systems and such. So we're hopeful, uh, that as the PPE wanes that we transition into a, a really nice kind of retail consumer product, uh, flow again, you know, pending world conditions, world economic conditions, and if people are buying stuff. You know, the, the price of air shipping dropped about 70% since the spring, according to a, a recent article on FreightWaves.com by Eric Coolish. So are you saying that you're, you're making it up, the, the rates may be going down, but capacity, you're making it up on volume because there's now, you're able to fill the planes? Uh, it was kind of the perfect storm because rates were still elevated through the May and June timeframe. They are coming back down right now, um, but there's also some prediction that they're leveling off. We're talking, you know, in the 4 to $5 range out of Hong Kong and maybe in the $3 range uh, in Europe. Um, but with those product releases that I mentioned, there's some prediction. Um, and, and also, if manufacturers uh, need to catch up on their inventory or, you know, distributors need a surge of product into the U.S. to, to fill stores that are kind of bare bones right now, that those rates may start to creep back up in the coming months. Hey, Michael, we have a question in the comment section, or, or Brian and Michael. Brenda Brown, she says... As we all find freight and rates hopefully normalizing the pandemic, we need to look ahead to the next big freight rate influencer, the tropical storm season. So what kind of impact does tropical storms play on air cargo, especially out of, uh, out of Columbus, if any? Uh, it's, it, uh, we, we see some relief flights. Um, not too much impact because our market is not centered in the Caribbean and where the tropical storms are. Where tropical storms do impact us, although temporarily is, when a typhoon hits Hong Kong and it, and it stops all the aircraft or when a typhoon hits Sri Lanka, for example, where we get a lot of our products. So it's actually the overseas, the Asian uh, tropical cycles that affect us a little more than the Caribbean ones do. Yeah, that makes sense. It would be more the origin place in a case like uh, Rickenbacker that would be have, have the disruption. So when you're talking about those rates, either like four or five dollar range, I think you're talking about out of out of Hong Kong, et cetera. Those are still elevated over what they would normally be like, say, year over year. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, they're still. And that's an important point. The air freight rates are still about twice what they were a year ago. And, and, and again, possibly predicted to start inching up again. Yeah, well, and and when you're looking at when you're when you're talking about those rates and possibly uh, uh, ticking up again, the lack of belly cargo. Now, Rickenbacker is mostly freighter, right? But in general, in the industry, the lack of that belly cargo and whether or not the airlines actually come back with more volume or not, which doesn't look so great right now, that would cause those rates to go up as well, would it not? Absolutely, and it'll be a prolonged uh, lack of belly cargo from what we can see because the um, the international business travel really drives a lot of that volume, and the international passengers are just not going to come back, we think, are just not going to come back anytime soon. As a matter of fact, uh, we have an air cargo conference uh, that I met you you guys at yeah. first, uh, <laughs> for, for yep. the first time this past uh, January. We've already canceled that in a physical form 
for 2021 because of the, the questions about being able to travel and people being able to get there and keeping our constituents safe. So we've actually moved that conference to a virtual format in January of 2021 already. So that, and a lot of those people travel, you know, even from outside the United States, but it certainly uh, shows you that business travel is not going to come back anytime soon. Well, Brian, we we are open the show talking about that news that just came out about the Marlins now baseball season having a big meeting that may be in jeopardy. Football may be in jeopardy. Traveling to uh, concerts, uh, festivals, uh, conferences, all all in jeopardy. So, uh, like like you guys, Freightways are ourselves. We really had to plan to just to just keep it safe, keep it virtual throughout the the rest of the year and kind of for the foreseeable future. You, I mean, you can't put a virus on a timeline because it's going to operate on its own and. You know, we, we try to reopen things. New outbreaks happen. It can be dangerous. I guess my last question for you, though, is wh- what is passenger? Because we talk about this belly cargo that, you know, in order for that to really be sustainable, you need the passengers in the plane. So what are those check-ins looking like? So it really depends on the global restrictions. Um, you know, a lot of countries are still shut down and regions to and from are still shut down. Domestically here in the United States, at our passenger airport, um, they're running about a third of what the traffic would normally be year over year, which is a lot better than in April when we were, it was 10 times less than that in April. So we're back up at about a third, but that's a domestic market. We don't have those, you know, we don't have a Columbus to Hong Kong flight. We don't have a, you know, we, it, it's a lot of inner U.S. travel and that's going to come back quicker. So, but we're only at a third of normal right now for inner U.S. travel. Nice. Well, how do people, how do people learn more? And I look forward to, our, uh, our next connection a month or so, and uh, the next time we catch up at a conference. But ha- in the meantime, how do people learn more now? So for Rickenbacker, you can go to rickenbackeradvantage.com and uh, find out about us. And for the Air Cargo Conference that I mentioned, uh, there'll be updates on um, aircargoconference.com. Sounds good. And hey, good luck out there. You know, I hope, hope that Christmas season keeps giving, you know, any positives we can take during uh, during these times this summer and what seems like the longest year of all time. Uh I mean, we're only in July. I mean, it's almost August. This year just seems to be taking forever, Brian. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm ready for this year to be over, but we got a long way to go. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we'll catch yeah. up with you again during this year. So uh, take it easy and stay safe out there. You as well. Thanks, Brian. Huh, well, so Air Cargo, you know, it was uh, kind of murky back at the beginning of all this, what was going to happen there. But it seems like they figured out some efficiencies with their figure out how to capitalize on what needed to be done in terms of moving cargo. It seems like uh, putting putting cargo in the uh, where seats were is, is starting to work. Maybe more people, a few more people are getting on airplanes, helping out the belly cargo. So, yeah. It's, but you, you have a, 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 a you don't have quite as a high demand for the instant on the PPE, which has reduced a little bit of the capacity constraint, uh, and kind of leveled those off, brought brought them down. But now they're leveling off because you don't have this major reopening of the belly cargo or the passenger flights that are moving international or domestically, and you've got the economy coming back on. Like he said, you've got the the electronics, et cetera, starting to pick up. That they're they're seeing that the change in the freight, so you see those rates starting to come back up again. Yep. Well, you know what it is. Know what time it is now, Michael Vincent. It's time to play it for. What so let's time call, is it? Let's call Zach Ramirez up. Oh yeah. All right. What's up, Zach Ramirez? The electronics are starting to pick. What's oh. up? How are you, sir? Oh, how's it going? I thought we thought we like picked up a pirate signal or something. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of feedback on my end there. 
Oh, it's Sorry good. About that. So we got, we got Zach Ramirez online. He's director of sales and marketing at Alley Logistics. What's up, my man? I know that uh, usually when we do these things, we we get into it. Sometimes people play live on these play it forward segments. For those of you who are not familiar, you're in supply chain. You touch supply chain. You play an instrument. Reach out to myself or Michael Vincent on LinkedIn or the Twitter, and uh, we'll be more than happy to get you on. Zach Ramirez is one of those people who is like, hey, man. I work with a buddy of mine. We made a, uh, a music video. We record some some tracks. So tell us a little bit about this song that we're uh, going to play in a minute here. Of course, yeah. So This Is War was a song that a good friend of mine, Dale, and I wrote throughout quarantine. And uh, yeah, I mean, the premise of the song is really um, trying to um, talk about the different wars that people experience in their personal lives. And um, really, war isn't just you know, what we see on the news, war is, uh, is a lived experience. So we tried weaving together some of those stories and uh, put that into music. So Sounds yeah. very so, cool. Sounds good. Let's roll the clip. Let's, let's check it out. Let's see what uh, Zach and his, uh, and his buddy worked on here. Tragedy 
Our Savior gives us victory Cause he left an empty tomb The sorrow for the soldiers For death in mother's wombs There's peace for broken hearted For the shackled and redeemed There is peace, there is peace Wow. Wow, Zach. Zach, Powerful. that was uh that was really, really polished. What are you doing in logistics and supply chain? That seemed like a real like professional song and video and yeah. all that kind of stuff. What are you doing here? Oh man, I appreciate that. You know, uh music and playing in a in a touring band was kind of kind of my first sales job. And uh so uh really it was actually through um video marketing how I got connected to Ally Logistics and you know, one thing led to the next, and now here I am as the sales and marketing director here. And uh, but yeah, music is definitely the first uh, the the first passion here, and you know the the mashup of lyric and and song and emotion is uh, is definitely a a muscle that I like to exercise, so to speak. So um, yeah, so that's that's the culmination, uh, and that's the that's the outlet. So. That was an awesome song, Zach. This is this is Mike Vincent. That was an awesome song, and the video was excellent as well. Very powerful. I loved it. I loved the I loved the lyrics, et cetera. What what were you playing on that in there? What, were you singing or were you playing the guitar? What what, what is your instrument? Yeah, so I actually did all the instrumentation in the song, and then I am one of the vocalists, and the other vocalist on that track is my buddy Dale. Um, so yeah, my main instrument of of, of choice is usually guitar. So, um, you know, had to get a little bit of like the Almond Brothers solo type thing in this track here. But, yeah, um, it was nice. Well yeah. done. It was really well done. So you're in, you're in, you're in marketing. Is that is that correct? Yeah, you're director correct. of sales I'm and marketing. Perfect. So we we talk about marketing. We were just talking to Blythe about external marketing, et cetera, that type of stuff. Can you speak to internal marketing, the importance of internal marketing, whether it be yourself or department, et cetera? Yeah, because Zach, you said a really cool thing just to add to what Michael Vincent is saying. There was, there was something on LinkedIn I read. You were having a discussion going on there, and you said that uh, I'm not being heard, and I think I'm ready to move on, especially now people are virtual. They might feel a little lost. They might feel a little outside the shuffle. How do we bring those people back in, get them engaged, and make them feel like they're on the pirate ship? For sure, yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it's certainly a multifaceted thing, and the way that I look at it is you know, marketing tools that we employ are all different communication channels. So, you know, the LinkedIn post that you're, re- you're referring to there um, is, is one where, you know, I was hearing so much from, you know, female colleagues that, hey, we are not being heard in this industry, whether that's logistics or construction or whatever. And, you know, I think in terms of internal marketing, the importance of it really rises to the surface when we're in these big swings, both cultural or, you know, market, I think companies feel that. And, you know, sometimes we, we go, um, and and we reach for these different tools, you know, to save the bottom line, so to speak. Um, but we forget about the importance of, of bringing those employees into the fold. And to me, the internal marketing importance is really saying, Hey, what tools do we have at our disposal that can bring people, um, to the folds that they are truly along, you know, the ride with these companies, um, and they're part of that experience. So, um, you know, and, and again, you know, just to reiterate, you know, my comment, I love that Blythe, uh, touch on, you know, the, the power of video marketing in that, right? It's, it's a medium where, 
you're matching up, um, you know, personal touch with, um, with photo and video. And, you know, any, anytime you have a tool as, per, as powerful as that, um, you know, those are the tools that you should probably reach for first as an organization. Um, so, yeah, definitely a huge passion of mine and uh, something that I'm excited to see how that will grow in our industry, um, especially in years like we've had in, uh, in Shake Up 2020, so to speak. Justin Ball in the comments, he says, I used to work for TQL. The business practices are very unethical as well as they have a turn and burn environment with employees. Bad company to work for and no integrity. So that's bad marketing. You don't want that kind of messaging to get out there if you're if you're running a company. I also have a question for the comment section. How much internal marketing do you think that your company does? Because I suspect uh, that, especially in logistics, not a lot of marketing departments are focusing on that internal marketing. Do you think I'm correct there, Zach? Oh, 100%. I would say, you know, in terms of ally, we're, we're not there, right? We haven't arrived. Um, and that's something that is, you know, definitely a main initiative of mine is, what can we do so that our employees feel like they are walking in lockstep with, you know, sales leadership or ownership um, to the seat level employee. So I definitely think that there's, you know, vast improvements that we can make in our industry. Um, and again, I think years like 2020 um, move companies to have to focus on that. And I think the TQL example that Justin gave in the comments is, is a really good example of, you know, maybe what not to do. Um, so what's the approach that companies have to take is, is what we have to start searching out. So, Zach, if you had to uh, pick out, before we let you go, if you had to pick out a trend or two that you like that you're seeing going on in marketing in our space, what would it be? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one that I still have yet to, uh, you know, kind of figure out and be comfortable with myself, but that's like the, the Snapchat. Um, marketing and the TikTok. So those are two that like <laughs> they have quickly, you know, come into first place in terms of marketing and I just don't know what to do with it. Um but I, I see those as trends that I have to learn very quickly in order to utilize them well. Oh, so you're not you're not dancing like Wayne Craig is on uh, on the TikTok left. And right. He's doing. I think he's got like twenty thousand followers now. He said uh, he's got twenty thousand followers. He's had like forty marriage proposals. So Zach, I don't know if you're married or not, but TikTok might be a good avenue for that. If you got your dab game down, you can you know you can do some Fortnite dances uh, to an Old Town Road. You know you might have something going. And Blythe is going to get so mad at me if she's still listening and she's hearing me um, kind of laugh at TikTok. I try to make TikTok work, but like I feel like. I pour a lot of my energy into LinkedIn and Twitter. I, there's only so much time you have to develop these social networks. It can be such a challenge. Like you need your own personal brand manager to even run these things for you. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, if this was five years ago and I was still single deck, maybe <laughs> TikTok's the avenue I go down, oh. but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happily settled in. So. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Zach, how do people reach out and learn more? Where do they find Ally Logistics? Yeah, you can just go to AllyLogistics.com, um, and we are at Ally Logistics for all of our uh, social platforms as well. Hey, thanks, man. Thank you for sharing that song, too. That was that was excellent work. Uh, a great video. Definitely one of the best we've played during Play It Forward. Uh, I mean, it's come a long way from uh, just banging a cowbell or, um, you know, playing a little metal yeah. harp, which was excellent. Not not to say it wasn't excellent, but to full-on music videos, just crazy stuff. We appreciate so much you sharing with that, that with us today, Zach. Uh, have a great day, and stay safe out there, my, my friend. All right. Thanks for the time, guys. You have a great one. Wow. Thanks, Zach. No sharp guy.
Yeah, very sharp guy. I, he, the internal marketing is a is a is a huge thing, especially right now. And it just goes. It's just another thing that needs to be forced. And and you have this traumatic experience in a society that changes things. And and hopefully people look at that. And that's part of the issue with the TQL. They grew so fast and didn't realize that they were in, uh, disconnected. Is what it appears to be, right? Yeah, and I think that especially in sales positions in brokerage, we we've been in them. It's you can feel like you're out on an island. You can feel like you're not getting a lot yeah. of support, and you can feel like every email or phone call from your boss could be the one telling you to bring in that laptop and that that phone. It's one of those. It's one of those jobs where it starts getting really scary if you're not hearing from anybody. You know. Like, yeah, that's exactly right. Your mind starts to play. You're not hearing. You're not involved. You're not engaged. And uh, yeah, it's it's essential. Yeah, big believer in what he's talking about there in the internal marketing. Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> I recognize I recognize that tune. And she's yeah. You, well, Michael Vincent wrote the uh, the underlying tracks on that one. And then I'm, I, I ruined it by playing cowbell and, and putting vocals on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like it. It gave it a punk element. Is the uh, is I sped it up a little bit. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But that, that sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Is uh, is is the great one. The carnival yes. investigative reporter, Emily Zink here. Yes. The promoter of all carnivals is here. <laughs> Yes, I am here, Dooner. Thank you. Yeah, no, you were talking about that you had a caller on Sirius Road Dog over the weekend talking about we need to think of carnival workers. And so when I drove by that carnival, I was like, okay, there is still a carnival going on. People are still working. I'm sure there's not as many carnivals, but I wanted solid evidence that carnivals are still happening. So me being a reporter had to get out my camera and get some video to prove it. So yeah. that's why I snapped that video earlier. But um, yes, it's time for some big deal, little deal, new right. song. So let's start <laughs> this out. My Trucker Life launches an online relationship program geared towards truckers and their families. Dooner, is this a big deal or a little deal? I'm giving a little cowbell for this big deal. You know why? I talked to Rob Hatchett from Seat My Trucks on Freightwaves Radio. A couple weeks ago, he told me all about the program. Anybody who's listened to this show or my other stuff knows that I'm a very big advocate of mental health. I've had my own struggles with, with depression and addiction before. So services like this, I think, are, are paramount. We talk about being out on an island in a virtual ro- world. Well, how about actually being out on an island when you are a truck driver away from your family? Some of these guys away for guys and girls away for 275 days a year, away from their families. A lot of a lot of struggles. You look at the drug and alcohol tests, a lot of addiction over there. So any help that these things can provide in putting this sort of safe environment for truckers to go into and get the help that they need is a huge deal and one that I applaud. I'm with Dooner on this. If you could, I don't know if you have one of my riffs queued up, but that this would be, I'd, like, I'd give it cowbell. I guess my cowbell would be my guitar, but yeah, it's a big... There that was your riff. <laughs> there it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, big deal, because like you said, not only you're out on an island like you are from working from home, but you're not around any support system. You're traveling all over the United States and you're, you, you don't have this quick access to any any type of, of real support system and away from your family for weeks at a time some, some, in some instances. And, and uh, it's something that is uh, it's high time we, we took seriously and, and gained some support for. So, yeah, big deal. Applaud them. Yeah, definitely a fabulous program, and I loved reading that article. Like you said, Dooner, definitely, definitely great to talk about mental health and then not just talk about it, but find ways to help. So fabulous program there. Well, Daimler is recalling more than 12,000 Freightliner vehicle chassis for the second time now due to complaints about brake-like brake 
light problems. That first recall happened back in 2018. Vincent, is this a big deal or a little deal? I think it's a big deal for 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 uh, um, you know to recall it a second time for the for the brake lights, right? They've I guess it was a circuit board or whatever it is, and bring it back. The good news in, on this, though, to kind of lighten it, is it has not been uh, it didn't come to light due to any crashes. There haven't been any crashes due to this or anything like that. And the actual notification to those who have these that are being recalled won't come out until September 10th. So it seems like it's 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 less of a big deal, as you would think. There's not a, a, a thousands and thousands of trucks running around with no brake lights uh, on the back of their trucks and it hasn't caused anything serious. John Piper says there are people that make their entire annual income from the State Fair of Texas and it's canceled. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. It's, I'm just saying that we don't think that much. So when the caller brought it up, Emily and I were like, well, let's. Let's look into it a little bit. Let's see what carnivals and things are out there. Uh, we did do a Afraid All Kinds about a year ago on carnivals. It was an interesting and fascinating world. Yeah, I mean, anybody's impact. There's a lot of people impacted. Not not cool. In terms of Freightliner thing, I mean, it would be a bigger deal, I guess, if they didn't do the recall and they didn't do anything about the problem. I mean, yeah. it hits 24 models, 12,000 chassis. You know, the issue is with the brake lights, people might not know a truck stopping could get you in danger. So, I mean, I'm going to call it a somewhat little deal just because of how normalized a lot of these recalls have become and because they have notified people. But it is the second one. Six million dollars worth of marijuana was seized at the U.S.-Canada border. And if it seems like we are covering this a lot on FreightWaves.com, it is because we are. That's the fourth major bust since June. Dooner, big deal or little deal? Yeah, this is a, this is it's I mean, I wonder. So in each case, and I mean, it sounds like likely story. Oh, it wasn't it's not my marijuana. I didn't know about it. This one was found in some cement. Another driver saying they didn't know about it. But there was uh, an attorney, Susan Cohn Ross, who's a Los Angeles based trade and compliance lawyer. She told FreightWaves that it, it isn't unusual for cross border trucker to be unaware of drugs in a trailer, particularly if it has a seal. He, the, she said it's a common problem. It happens on the southern border a lot. And, you know, this has been happening down in Mexico, too. If you read Noy Mahoney's reporting, there was just a, a bunch of methamphetamine found in marijuana, and I mean, not marijuana, sorry, ketchup and onion shipment. Uh, do you think it's less border traffic is making it easier to nail some of these trucks, Michael? I think that's part of it. It definitely is that there's less border traffic and it's making it easier. Uh, but it's also, I mean, what do you expect? It's legal on one side and not legal. It's legal here and not there, depending on what side of a line you're standing on. So this, the, the movement's going to be there, but yeah, I think they're just catching more because there's really less, uh, there's less trap, there's less, uh, traffic moving across. And also, you know, it was just, not too long ago that it was legalized nationally in, in, in Canada as well, the yeah. marijuana. I mean, so um, I guess my vote would be big deal for the driver if he doesn't know about it and ends up in jail, right? Big deal. Otherwise, I mean, it, it seems like a lot, but it's not really that many busts. Yeah, I think you guys made a good point about less people traveling across the border. So better chance that people are getting their trucks checked a lot more thoroughly than they have in the past. Well, this is good news, I think, but we'll see what you guys think. Home Depot announced that it's reduced its carbon emissions from its supply chain by 10 percent from 2018 to 2019. Vincent, is this a big deal or a little deal? I, I think it's a big deal because I, I, just because of the emissions drop. Now, 10 percent doesn't seem like a lot, but it was done with it was done relatively uh with without uh, a technical like uh, uh, 
you know, work on the engine or, or zero emission engines and that type of stuff and powertrains. It was done through technology, but it was optimization of routes for less mm-hmm. miles, and it was better cubulization, really making a uh, a more efficient supply chain at, at Home Depot. So the benefits, I, I think the 10% reduction in emissions was was kind of like this this unexpected, maybe it wasn't unexpected, but it's kind of an, uh, a, an accessorial benefit to this where they were trying to improve their supply chain, speed up lower costs, et cetera. And lo and behold, let's see, you drive fewer miles and you put more freight on on each one of those uh, uh, units of capacity and you run fewer units of capacity reduces uh, emissions. So I, I'm calling it a big deal because uh, you know this is something that we need to be working on, not just relying on yeah. technology for lower emissions, but actually being more efficient. Yeah, B- big deal, big deal. Home Depot, so they want to get 50% down by 2035. 10% is 20% of the way there, right? They're, they're already on their way. And as Michael Vincent said, they're doing it the smart way. They're doing it through optimization. There's more benefits than just environmental ones by making your supply chain either leaner or more efficient. And uh, and that is in utilization, as he said, using less trucks, using better routing, all of those kind of things. Uh, when I worked for 4PL, if you put freight through an optimizer, it was amazing some of the savings you would have for some of these companies. Now, inefficient their networks were run. So, yeah, cool. I like Home Depot leading the charge here. Well, if you're in the Chattanooga area, you may have read about this in the local newspaper. Amazon said it's, it's creating 1,000 new full-time jobs at its new 855,000-square-foot fulfillment center that's going to be located right outside of Chattanooga. Dooner, is this a big deal or a little deal? Well, they say it's going to be a fancy one, right? I think it's in, what, Mount Mount Juliet? It's, uh, or is that Mount Juliet? I'm not a Tennessean, so I don't know. But uh, it's their second uh, fulfillment center in Tennessee that they have announced recently. They're going to be using the robotics technology in there. It's their seventh fulfillment center in the volunteer state. So, you know, pretty cool stuff they're bringing here, especially people looking to get jobs within the uh, warehouse fulfillment center. A lot of people unemployed, especially in the state of Tennessee. So a thousand new jobs coming to Chattanooga area. I'm sure there are people here who are definitely going to go and appreciate them. Yeah, I agree. Anytime there's new jobs and and building, and it's 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 a big deal, and and it, it's a bigger deal because I do live right here in Chattanooga, and it's good to see those thousand jobs coming, uh, right here. And it, it just you know, hey, we're in the heart of Freight Alley, right? Another fulfillment center right here. Yeah, definitely good news. Republic Records reports that Taylor Swift's latest mm-hmm. album, Folklore, has sold over 1.3 million copies globally in the first 24 hours after its release. Vincent, I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but is this a big deal or a little deal? <laughs> I'll give you my big deal, little deal, and my opinion at the same time. I think it's a, a big deal because it just it shows how desperate people are becoming under lockdown. Oh, was that like How a, about that? Was that a back? <laughs> was that a Taylor interview? Very backhanded compliment, wasn't it? Woo. <laughs> I have nothing against Taylor Swift, but it, you won't find it on my playlist. Well, I like one song by her. I like her diss track, the one where uh, I forget the name of it. I'm yeah. not a, I'm not a Swiffy, so I don't know exactly. But it says a few things. I mean, a lot of people are saying when Taylor Swift, she had her documentary that came out at the beginning of the year. She puts this out unannounced. She's spoken out against um, against the president. A lot of conservatives got upset by that. And they're like, your career is over. Well, I mean, she's still doing pretty good. She said uh, the record for females on Spotify. Uh, her, her track was streamed, what, 80.6 million times, breaking the record for first day streams by a female artist. Folklore was the most stream pop album on Apple Music as well with over 35 million and a half streams. So she's doing pretty excellent. She put it out with, uh, with you know, when you know you've really made it when you don't even have to market it at all, right? She's just like, dur- yeah. that morning, the day that was coming out, she's like, yeah, oh yeah, by the way, I'm dropping a new record. 
Yeah, it is. And and here's the other part of this that I, I, I really meant to say was I have had this discussion with, with Craig Fuller, our, our CEO, before. I, I've watched one of her concerts, uh, the video of it that was in uh, Texas. It was in Austin or, or Dallas, right, right in that area anyways, Dallas-Fort Worth area. And the production value and the way she engages with her pan- fans and the way she markets and the way they do things, it, it's really not a shock that she doesn't have to really market it and put this out and just blow away these records and sell 1.3 million copies in 24 hours, Dooner, because she does it right. And, and for that reason, I would say that it's a big deal. Who is buying records though? Like why? Like why wouldn't you just get Spotify? I don't understand. Or Apple Music. I I I don't know. Yeah, me either. <laughs> no <laughs> idea. Well, Vincent, you mentioned the production value of Taylor Swift's concert. Speaking of high production value, our three PL virtual summit may be in the books, but. Doesn't mean we don't have another one coming up mm-hmm. on August nineteenth and twentieth. We're going to be having the Carrier Summit. Is this a big deal or a little deal, Dooner? Uh, it's a big deal. We're having a lot of these things now. I mean, this is a uh, we had that you know we did the first the, you know the Space Monkey the test the test pilot was uh, Freight Waves Live at Home. We moved that virtually. It did very very well. Now, if you go to live.freightwaves.com, if you missed the three PL summit that was last week, live free virtually, you can watch all of that agenda. Just click on the things, or if you subscribe to Freightcast on your favorite podcast player, you can listen to all the audio versions that are being updated. Same thing will be happening to August nineteenth and twentieth of this Carrier Summit. We're gonna have some uh, amazing conversations we actually spoke about seat by trucks at the beginning of big deal little deal and i believe that they are the uh the, the lead sponsor of this if i'm not mistaken right seat my trucks is excited to present the carrier summit on on recruiting retention regulation operational efficiency and maintenance but you know what i'm even more excited about because we're doing a lot of virtual events and something came in the mail let me show you this emily it, be, don't fall over brace yourself okay anyone who watches these events knows that i go deep in the closet with the wardrobe so here we go look at that beautiful there we go. Look at, <laughs> look at the back. You're ready to blast Look at the back, too. I am excited. I am excited. Every penny. Wow. <laughs> you, will be, you will be the bell of the ball during Space Waves for Huge sure. deal. Huge deal. They're all huge deals. I'm super looking forward to the, the, the Carrier Summit. I'm also looking forward to Space Waves in December. Of course, you saw my rocket earlier. Yeah. yeah, obviously you are. <laughs> hey, they're all huge deals, and the Carrier Summit is a huge deal. Not only because the content is going to be awesome, but our production crew will make sure that it is badass as usual. There are awesome events, and you can reconnect. But I think that what, what is even bigger is the fact that our, our crew has been able to put these together, and the reaches of FreightWaves can bring so much knowledge and great content to people on a much more consistent basis uh, and, and more times throughout the year than if you're doing this on live events. I think that's a big deal because you can get that education, you can get that exposure, you can get that knowledge base and the knowledge out there through a really, really cool and badass uh, 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 format. Emily, what's going to be the most exciting thing at the at this summit? Um, we have a really good keynote. We have not announced the keynote yet. I have a conversation with him later on in the week, but we're known for having keynotes who aren't always in our industry, who aren't always an industry executive or an expert, but they, they have a way of tying themselves into what we're doing and into our business or our marketing. So I'm really excited about the keynote that we're going to have because he's very high energy, just a great speaker. So I'm excited for that. We also just have a full day worth of content that are issues that everyone 
cares about uh, in terms of retention times. We're also talking about companies that recruit veterans. We're talking about mergers and acquisitions. So a wide variety of topics. And I think that's what makes our conferences so successful or we touch on a lot of different things in a short amount of time and it just the pace keeps on moving so it, it's just jam-packed day again awesome i dooner i thought for sure she was going to say the live desk with dooner and the dude was going to be the most exciting i can't make it all about you guys <laughs> no, you, she are, was... you are one of my favorite attractions <laughs> well when she said the keynote i thought she was describing me no i'm just kidding I'm just, no. Hey, hey, if you want more Freightways content, if you want to see more, Emily, download the Freightways TV. I'd be on every Freightways thing. Go to live.freightways.com. Get, get all those uh, 3PL summits on the agendas. Click on the things on the videos on there, the agenda. You can watch the videos. Subscribe to Freightcast. Get every single Freightways podcast. Or if you just want What the Truck, subscribe to What the Truck. It's all right there. You can follow me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. That's D double O N E R. She's at Emily Zink. That's S Z I N K. And he is Vincent the Dude, Michael Vincent on the uh, the LinkedIn guys catch up with us. Couple shout outs for your Catherine Whitehouse says uh, she Amanda Miller and Catherine Whitehouse are talking about this flamingo shirt. They're big fans. Hey, thank you for tuning in, everybody. And look, more connections in the comment section. Eric Carter and uh, Eric Serta and Kenneth Carter KC three. They uh, they KC3. just met up. They said, "Why haven't we connected?" Yeah, that's what you do. That's what these comments are for. Noon every day. Check out the live show on Freightways LinkedIn, Freightways Facebook. Make those connections. Make some friends. Right. Bring some light into the world. I believe in you. Amen. Do it. Peace and love, everybody. Yeah, peace and love, everybody. Let's get us out of here. Let's go home and let's take a trip to the flip side tomorrow. Midday market update, noon Eastern time. See ya.